Hello, everyone. Hola. <laughs> Je voudrais parler en français aujourd'hui. No, thank you. Pourquoi? <laughs> because I don't like it. <laughs> We've been doing this annoying thing this week where, because I've been in Canada this week, I've got a newfound love for the French language. The trouble is, um, I don't actually speak a lot of French. I've just got a few key phrases that I uh, repeat. and Over. And <laughs> over, over again. But I think it's awesome. And AJ, not so much. Not so much. Babe, how are you? I am well, thank you. Can I just say you're looking resplendent today? Oh, thank you, darling. You in your pink shirt. Hot pink. And your hair pulled back. Yes. Um, can we talk about spectacles? Spectacles. Glasses. Yes, that's how we call them here. What do you call them in America? <laughs> Glasses. What do you know? You're Canadian. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I learned. Growing up in the UK, you would go to an optician to get your eyes tested. In America, an optician is somebody that sells you glasses, and the person who tests your eyes is an optometrist. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. I think I may have offended the, the optometrist that I saw by referring to him as an optician until he decided to clarify it. Um, tell a story about us going to see the weird opt- optometrist in December. Optometrist? That's the one. Oh, in December. Yeah, we went. We should have known better because they had a $1 eye exam. That probably should have been our... (laughs) My general rule of thumb is if anything costs less than dog food, it's not worth doing. (laughs) But we're like, oh, bargain. Let's get our eyes tested. So the guy tested me, told me I needed glasses. And what was really weird for me was the, the eye that he said I needed glasses on, I was like, but I can see everything really sharply. If there's one eye that is less sharp, it's probably the other eye. And it's, I mean, I can still see. And he was like, nope, you need prescription. But then everybody, he but gave everybody prescriptions. Everybody that we took to see him, he basically gave the same thing. And we were like, oh, this kind of feels like you're trying to make your quotas before the end of the year. So we ignored him. Yes. Except our kids' uh, teachers said, you probably want to get your kids checked. For so Tia's teacher, she had a screening at preschool. And the preschool person said, uh, you need to take her in to get her eyes checked. So, so. we du- dutifully did. And we've met a wonderful optometrist. Yes. But it turns out the whole family's getting glasses. It, well, except for me. No, you're still getting them. You just don't need them. I'm Yeah, I'm going to get just um, glasses with glass in them. Because you look so stinking <laughs> hot wearing these glasses. I was trying on glasses and now it's like hubba hubba. <laughs> yes, I was. We went to warbyparker.com and I ordered five pairs of glasses to, you know, the deal is if you've never looked at Warby Parker, you go to their website you browse through all their spectacles, glasses, and you order five pairs. They send them to you for free. You get to try them on and work out which ones you like and you know wear them around for five days, and you send them back, and then you order a pair. So it, you know we quickly went through the five I had because they didn't like any of them. But she started wearing some of them, and I really liked the ones she was wearing. So she now thinks I have a thing for librarians. I, I have some concerns. But our thought was we are... Uh, Tia's glasses are coming in this week. So Abby is nearsighted. And so she has to wear glasses if she's looking at like a chalkboard. And or she's a so sticky excited. She wants to wear something. them all the time. Yeah, she wants to wear them all the time. They're bright pink, of course. Of course. Um, but we're like, no, baby, we don't want you to ruin your eyes. So it's great that you can see up close. Let's not wear your glasses when it's up close. But Tia has a stigmatism in both eyes, which is interesting that the guy who was trying to sell his glasses in December didn't mention that at all but anyway um so she's going to have to wear glasses all the time 
which she's not thrilled about. And when we asked her why she was crying, because she came and she sat on my lap and she just started bawling. I was like, honey, what's wrong? And she said, mommy, it's going to ruin my look. (laughs) So I wear contact lenses. So I'm going to go back to wearing glasses so that she doesn't feel self-conscious and that basically everybody in our family is wearing glasses. And I'm going to get fake glasses. And then we've recruited everyone we know on church next week to wear their glasses if they're contact lenses wearers so that we can point to all the people that Tia loves and just say, look, Tia, Jenna's wearing her glasses and Michelle's wearing her glasses and we'll get Jeff to wear glasses. Elena, and, and yes, yeah. so we're asking everybody who uh, we know to wear their glasses this and coming next Sunday. Next week is Specky Sunday. Specky Sunday, because um, Tia will be wearing hers and then she'll be able to realize how many people have them. Um, speaking of church, church this morning, we're um, uncharacteristically recording this podcast on a Sunday. Uh, church this morning was amazing. Yeah, it was off the hook. It was great. Off the hook. I'm sorry. Are you a surfer, babe, from California? Off the hook. Shaka. <laughs> <laughs> You're experiencing a live mental breakdown on air. <laughs> no, uh, Chris McClarney, one of our favorite people, was leading worship this morning at Grace Center. He did a phenomenal job. And presence of God was lovely. And we just prayed for lots of people for the Father's blessing and for healings. And some people got healed. So that was awesome. Talk to me about this week, baby. The past week. This past week? The week that just happened. Well, you left me. Can we that, say that a different right. way? That's <laughs> right. You went to Toronto. Yes, to I did. minister at the Leader School of Ministry there. Correct? That's correct. And I got to do one of my favorite things. Which, which was? Which is being in an airport. I, I just so strange. I miss airports so much. And so, yeah, I flew up to Toronto, and they very kindly asked me to come in and speak. And, of course, we'd do anything uh, like our fr- dear friends in Toronto. So I went and spoke on the school and had an amazing time because I got to see everybody um, that we haven't seen in quite some time. So I did the annoying thing where I took a selfie with everybody I met. I uh, got to see our dear friend Balder. And then he would Iceland. send them to me like some sort of torture as I'm home with three children that are all wanting their father. Yeah, you And loved he's it. sending me selfies of him with all of my friends. Copious amounts <laughs> of time with Ben and Sarah and. Gordon and Kathy, our dear friends up there. And then on the way back, Steve Long, who's a senior pastor at Toronto, was kind enough to give me an airport lounge pass, which meant I could um, pretend I wasn't one of the unwashed masses and actually visit the the Air Canada Maple Leaf Lounge, which used to be our second home, really. We should have paid rent. We were in there so much. <laughs> I guess we did by all the airfares. <laughs> yeah, wrong, but no kidding. It was nice to be there. And then I tell you what, flying into the country. So if you're an American listening to this, you've never experienced... U.S. immigration because you're a U.S. citizen, so it's not an issue. When you're not an American citizen, it's it's always a tense experience. But now that we're green card holders, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till I'm an American citizen. Whoop whoop! Oh, I'm so excited about Patricia that. King just got her citizenship this week. Yay, Patricia! High five! Very cool. Um, how do you feel after vacation? We were on vacation last week. Well, no, no, last week we came back to work, but I guess we me being Toronto felt like vacation. How do you feel? I feel good. We started back Tuesday. Of course, Tuesday was our alumni canoe trip. So hard at work, it, suffering for it Jesus. It was hard at work, suffering for Jesus in a canoe. Um, but it was great fun. And uh, that was perfect. But I was just really excited on Tuesday, just thinking, yeah, come on, let's do it. I don't I don't know. I feel excited about what God's going to do this year. So do I. I'm really excited. You sound really excited. No, no, I am. I'm, I'm trying to restrain <laughs> my voice so that. I don't go all high pitch. There's a baby sleeping. There is a baby sleeping. 
Um, we have some readers' questions this week. Mm. Uh, first readers' question is from Lorita Call, and she says, "I want to learn more about ministering to people with fractured personalities due to trauma." And was wondering if you did that or if you could recommend a training that was good. We don't do that. We don't. It's not an area that we focus on. Um, but if you're looking for a good book on it, our uh, dear friend Candace Roberts, who uh, doesn't live too far away, she lives in Campbellsville, Kentucky, wrote a brilliant book called Help for the Fractured Soul. I'll put a link to the book in uh, the show notes. You can get that on Amazon or uh, any bookstore. I got it from my uh, iPad off of iBooks. So hopefully that will help you. Um, we got an email from Germany. Uh, this is Kristen. She says, uh, I had the privilege of attending Gray Center's Encounter Weekend last April. And on that weekend, you encouraged us to have an accountability partner. And living in Germany and being a part of a very transient church in a military community, it is very difficult to invest in a relationship that you know will only last for two to three years. The question is, can one maintain a healthy and life-giving relationship through Skype emails, phone calls, etc. AJ, what do you think? Yeah, I think you can. Um, I think, you know, obviously if you can find somebody that's local that you can get together face-to-face and chat in terms of accountability and stuff like that, it would be ideal. But um, you also need to be able to look around and figure out if there's safe people there to do that with too. So um, I would probably just recommend praying and saying, okay, Lord, how am I doing in this accountability piece during this season. And I would also say don't disqualify starting a relationship because you think it's only going to last two to three years. That's, you know, I would rather have a great quote-unquote lifelong friend for two years than go through two years feeling isolated. Um, Plus, you never know what God's going to do and who you're going to knit you together with. So I know you were asking about Skype. Yes, I think that's technically possible, but I wouldn't be frightened of making relationships that um, are of the caliber you're looking for, even if you think they're only going to be around for two years. I still think that's two years of rich blessing. Good. Oh, good. I wasn't sure if you were feeling pensive and going to add something to it. I I, uh, I was feeling pensive, but I wasn't going to add anything to it. <laughs> <laughs> right, last week we cut off our story with a cliffhanger. I have people emailing me going, what happened in J Crew? If you didn't listen to last did week's really? podcast. Did you really? People emailed you? Yeah. <laughs> what happened in J Crew? Should we make them wait another week? No, we will okay. not. So last week we were talking about <laughs> our move from Canada to America. Well, we started talking about our love for America, and then we started talking about how we got here. And to recap, if you weren't listening, basically we were traveling for a living. We loved living in Toronto. We had a baby. We didn't think it was uh, feasible to keep traveling around the world with a baby, let alone two or three babies, because we wanted more kids. So we started looking at our prophetic words. We shared our prophetic words with our leaders. Um, I had a dream in Iceland. The dream said, in the dream, um, I was told to meet Jeff Dollar. So we came and met Jeff Dollar in Nashville. And the first time that we visited Jeff, we came to Grace Center, really fell in love with Grace Center. And as we're driving back to the airport to leave, we stopped in at J Crew. AJ, pick us up from there. So we stop at J Crew, and I'm talking to the um, cashier, and she says something like, "Hey, are you? You know, do you live here? Are you visiting Nashville?" And I said, "Oh, just visiting." And she said, "Oh, did you have? Do you like Nashville? Did you have a nice trip?" And I was like, "I love Nashville," and I totally started crying. <laughs> I was like, oh. Which such emotional outbursts are not normal for you. Not at all. I was like, like, what just "Hmm, happened? (laughs) That's interesting. So we came home from that trip 
Because we'd been asking God, is there favor in Nashville for us? And um, we stayed in three hotels all three times we got upgraded to the presidential suite. And we fell in love with the church. We really loved uh, the team there, really loved Jeff and Becky, really loved the spirit of generosity that was on there, and really loved the city. It was just beautiful. And then then what happened? Um, then we got on with the life. Then we, yeah, I mean, we had a full travel schedule, so we just kept traveling. I couldn't get the idea of Nashville out of my mind, though, about being here. But meanwhile, the whole time, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking in details, so I don't quite know what it means. Yeah. Should we talk about and, the angel? Yeah, I'm trying to think what order stuff. Yeah, I think the angel happened next. So we got home from a trip and we uh, are just, we're at home. AJ and I are sitting watching CSI. I think it was CSI Miami, wasn't it? Not that it matters, but here we are. We're watching TV. I think we're watching one of the CSIs. And as I'm looking at the TV out of the corner of my eye, um, I see an angel. Now, before, see, here's the danger. When I say I see an angel, you're like, oh, I would love to see an angel. It's likely that you've probably seen an angel and you just don't really uh, realize that you have. So when I say see an angel, I saw something out of my corner of my eye that wasn't physically there. But in my experience of learning to walk in the supernatural and seeing the spirit, uh, the more I gave my attention to it, the more it became apparent there was an angel there. And so I'm feeling a little self-conscious because, you know, we're exhausted, we're jet lagged. And so I said to AJ, uh, do you see the angel over there? And she's like, nope. And I was like, well, can we push pause on CSI while I just go over and investigate this more? So long story short, went over, um, this angel was here, showed us some stuff, uh, had a message for me. That all felt a little bit too super spiritual, felt a little bit too weird for me. And so in a moment of incredible faith, I just said, God, I'm not sure if I'm making this up or whether this is really you. So if it's you, can you get Gary Morgan to confirm it? So Gary, for those of you who don't know, Gary's our uh, one of our best friends. He lives in Melbourne, Australia with his wonderful wife, Sarah. He's originally from Wales, um, and they uh, lead a church out there. But he's a very gifted prophet and a dear friend of ours who's been instrumental. Both of them have been instrumental in major parts of our life. So I said, Lord, would you speak to Gary and have him confirm it? Now, just because you weren't there, the angel showed up uh, really just between our bedroom and our bathroom. Just in that kind of uh, area in our living room. It was a messenger angel came with a message, uh, a, a particularly clear message. And so I went to bed, didn't think anything of it. Next morning, I wake up eagerly waiting to see if Gary will phone me or contact me. or, And he does. He Skypes with me. And he said, uh, brother, as he always says in his wonderful Welsh accent. He said, I had a dream last night. He said, in the dream, he said, an angel showed up in your house. Uh, and it was between your bedroom door and your bathroom door. And it was a brown angel, which tells me it was a messenger angel. So what did he say? And I was like, God, that's so amazing. So I told him what the angel said, which was basically, hey, there's a window of opportunity for you and you need to take. He's, he uh, yeah, said basically there's a window of opportunity taken, uh, opening for you and you'd be wise to take it. I still didn't know to this day. I know I sound stupid looking back on this, but I didn't really know what the window was because it wasn't. Or the, what the opportunity was, I beg your pardon. But that was a real encouragement. We had a dream. You, we had a personal connect with Jeff. We, you know, really felt the Holy Spirit when we were in Nashville. And I had an angel show up and bring some confirmation. Then what happened? Then the the Lakeland Revival started happening. Was that before or after the Ilsa? That was before. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. So okay. we went, we went, uh, we found like a couple of days that we could go down during the week. And... 
we went down to be there. And the first- Who's we? Just me and you. You and I. Yeah. But we were meeting with John and Carol. They were coming the next day. And so we were there the first day with just you, me, and Abby. And um, we we went to the meeting. We uh, My cousin came and watched my kid, watched Abby. And- uh, it was a huge stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, it sat like 8,000 people, I think, or something. It was huge. And we got and there late. We got there late. So we were like heading up to the nosebleeds, you know, up to the, <laughs> which was really cool, actually. But um, we head up to the top, and we find these two seats together and sit down. And then, you know, worship is going on. So we like stand up to join into worship. And like five minutes later, somebody taps us on the shoulder, and we turn around, and it's Jeff Dollar. Which was bizarre. It was Jeff and all the leadership team of Gray Center. And they were, you know, seated in the row right behind us. So, yeah, it was. Of all the gin pretty- joints. <laughs> How'd that go? I don't know. I've never of seen all the movie. The gin joints in all the towns or something. something like I don't that. know. <laughs> of all the stadiums in all of the city, of all the seats in all the stadium that we could have sat in, we sat right in front of Jeff Dollar. So we ended up having uh, dinner with them and um, the next night, him and the leadership team and stuff, and just. Totally fell in love with them. And then uh, we went from there to minister in Tulsa. And um, then when, while we were in Tulsa, uh, John says to us, Hey, I saw Jeff and I let him know that um, you guys are thinking of moving to Nashville. And we're like, What? You told him what? We, what? And you it, know, because <laughs> those of you who don't understand why that would throw us in a tears. John is just such an amazing connector and influencer of people. He really is. He's, got a real gift at it of actually connecting people but we didn't actually know what john had said to jeff because we weren't thinking of moving to nashville i mean we well we, i was well you were thinking of it but it's not like we had a plan or a, we didn't have a we plan. didn't have anything we so had nothing we're also no not details. sure if if john had spoken to jeff on our behalf and uh, we just didn't know what he said and wanted to clarify with jeff and we were thinking like Oh gosh, Jeff is going to think we're going to open a competing church, or you know, we we just yeah, didn't know. or that we're fishing for a job, yeah. or so we were like, oh well, we knew we were going to Nashville the following week, so we were like, okay, we're going to have to clean that up so the or following clarify week, when yeah. we get there. Yeah, so the following week we head to Nashville. We're teaching a week long school with John and Carol at Gray Center, and uh, we're desperate to try and connect with Jeff. But every time we try and, you know, each day that we're like, hey, are you free for lunch? Oh, I already have lunch. What about dinner? Oh, I already have dinner. Um, so we thought, no, well, there's no problem. We'll connect at some point during the week. But for five nights, everywhere that we went for dinner, and those of you who live in Nashville know the Cool Springs area has just got so many restaurants. This has happened in five different restaurants. It wasn't five like it was the same restaurant. AJ and I would go out for dinner with some friends, and we'd either walk into a restaurant that Jeff and Becky were already at. No, it was we always got there first. Oh, did we? Yeah, we were always there first, and there was five times in a row where within ten to fifteen minutes, Jeff would show up with whoever he was doing dinner with, and it ha- yeah, it happened five times in five days without any knowledge of who was going where. So we just thought, oh, this is funny. Our paths keep crossing. So in the end, we get to sit down with Jeff, and we just said, Jeff, I've no idea what John has said or how he said it, but you know, here's the deal. We told him the story. We told him the dream. We told him, um, you know, about us coming here, about loving Nashville. And, but we just basically said, look, we don't know what we're doing or when we come, but we just really feel like God might be on Nashville. And uh, we just really love you, really love your church. And, and Jeff was like, well, if you guys end up moving here, you know, we'd love to connect with you. And, you know, you'd be welcome at Grace Center. And that was it. It was just a super cordial 
amazing time. It was great to spend another week in Nashville. And then we flew home. Yep. Gave it really no other thought. Flew off to Edinburgh. <laughs> you gave it no other thought. <laughs> that's, my, that's my skill. My ability to compartmentalize. <laughs> so we flew off. We went and did another trip somewhere. And I remember we were in Edinburgh. I remember this because we were in the Edinburgh Sheraton Grand. And you and I were sitting there and we were talking about what do we want to do next? If we could plan anything. No, that's not right. <laughs> no, we weren't in the Sheraton See, this Grand. Is why I need my wife we here. stayed with your parents that trip. We went to like some sort of uh, strange little fast foodish pizza joint next to a movie theater in Dundee. I have no recollection of this at all. For a date. And we brainstormed. We, we asked ourselves a question. If we could do anything, what would we want to do? That wasn't in Edinburgh? It would. No, it wasn't. We mind mapped. I remember it was no, on the desk. Be, and- because then we went, then we came back to your parents' place and we're sitting on the porch. And emailed Ivan and Isabel. And emailed Ivan and Isabel. No, I see. All right. Well, you tell the story because you've obviously got a stronger memory than I do, but keep going. So, anyway, we sat down and thought, what do we want to do? Yes. With our life. Yes. And we thought, well, you know what? If we are going to pastor, we want to pastor young adults because we really like that age group feel like we can connect and it's not too far away from where we are. And we'd love our lives to be something about mentoring. Yeah, we really love mentoring people. We've really appreciated being mentored. So we'd like to kind of mentor people. And then we said we'd love to have a school of ministry. Yeah, we'd love to do a school of ministry. We'd love to school in Toronto, totally change our lives. And so, yeah, we'd love to run a school of ministry. And that was it. And then the next day, was it, that Jeff The next morning we wake up and Jeff has emailed. And that's right. He said, hey... What would it look like? I mean, if you were to come here. If you were to come to Nashville, what is it what, you guys would even be interested would you in doing? Do? <laughs> we were like, funny, you should ask. <laughs> so we just sent him an email because we'd already drafted it up. And what we didn't know was that in their meeting, they were identifying areas that they wanted help, which was with young adults, with a mentoring program or an internship and a school of ministry. Based off some words that they had over the church right? that we had no idea about. So we emailed our... Dear friends, Ivan and Isabel, we should do a whole podcast just on Ivan and Isabel. <laughs> we totally should. In fact, we should try and get Ivan and Isabel on our it, podcast. On our podcast, we can talk about that the whole thing later. But we email Ivan and Isabel. We send them this huge, big letter. Ivan and Isabel are dear friends of ours. Two very, very wonderful, wonderful people who've been hugely instrumental in our lives and the lives of thousands of people. They're very gifted prophets, but more than that, they're friends of Jesus, and they just. Oh, they're just amazing, amazing people. Anyway, we email them. And, you know, with my friends who are prophets, I try not use them as a magic eight ball. As in... Uh, well, they're is- so hard to pick up and shake in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean by that? You just don't want to, you know, use the person you have for their gift. But so I just email them. They're people that we love and are important in our life. and said, hey, this is a journey we've been on. This is what we think the Holy Spirit's saying. You know, if you get anything fantastic, but we're just writing to you because we love you and want you included in our life, uh, not necessarily asking you to prophesy about us. And they travel like crazy. So I wasn't expecting to get a message back from them for maybe a week, maybe two weeks. No sooner had I sent this letter that was enormously long and detailed, I get a one-line email back from them in caps that just says, this is the Lord, do it. This is your destiny. (laughs) So I cheekily write back and I, I quip, uh, you guys either sped read my email or, and I'm joking here, or you guys um, already knew what was in it. And they instantly replied back and said, we've been waiting on that email for two weeks now. <laughs> mm. 
a whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. I'm telling you, unbelievable. <laughs> and so it just kind of snowballed from there that like we seem to have a heart for something, that Grace and I had a heart for something, and our hearts really connected, and we kind of flew down and met their senior team and talked, and before you know it, we've got a job offer from Gray Center. And so the next big hurdle is our uh, visas, which can take a long time. And how long did it take us to get our visas? I forget. A day. Oh, that's right. One day. So we <laughs> <laughs> we uh, went to see an immigration lawyer actually while we were here in Nashville. And they were looking up and they were like, oh, yeah, your R1 visas. Yeah, it could take anywhere between uh, three to five months. No, no, it was longer than that. It was like, at that time, it was like three to nine or something. Yeah, it was like five to nine months, but you could expedite it for a thousand dollars per application and shorten it to three months. And then he looked at, he just looked at something. He was like, "Wait a minute, you live in Canada." He's like, "Here's the deal: if you just go to the U.S. consulate uh, and present your paperwork, they'll probably issue it for something like thirty-three dollars." So that's what we did. We went down to the consulate, and <laughs> it wasn't thirty-three. It was like a hundred and twenty-five each, or something like I that. See. But it was significantly lower than thousands of dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why God gave me a wife to just keep me with all the details, <laughs> keep me correct. <laughs> Nevertheless, it was vastly cheaper, and we got our visas in a day. And so we uh, talked about what we do at Gray Center and got our visas in October. And by December, we packed up all our stuff and drove down and moved to Franklin, Tennessee, and began the next chapter and the next adventure of our life. And we have never regretted it, have we, baby? We have not. It's amazing. I love it that we're here. I love it that you're here. And if you're a friend of ours in Franklin, Tennessee, thank you so much for loving us we just so love that we live in franklin so love that we get to be part of your life and so love that we get to be a gray center and i'm so glad for jeff and becky and i'm so glad for gray center it's just absolutely amazing whoop, whoop. speaking of which we have a couple of events coming up at gray center one of which i want to talk about this week uh, we have two dear friends of um ours coming to minister next Weekend. What is that date, love? Because podcasts are... It's this coming weekend, actually. Yes, I know, but somebody might not be listening to it. Oh, I'll uh, It is the 25th and 26th of July. We have our good friend Mark DuPont coming. Mark, tell us some Mark DuPont stories. Mark is just amazing. He's a a recognized prophet, um, and uh, he is... He's somebody I've known for, I guess, over 20 years now. I, I, uh, he speaks with an enormous amount of authority and obviously has the relationship with God to back it up. Let's say that, Mm -hmm. um, got a huge amount of integrity and has a a real heart for, uh, maintaining integrity in the prophetic and, and, um, you know, walking that kind of stuff out with other leaders and stuff. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. He's been somebody in my life that's been really pivotal and brought, key words at key moments that's that shifted things in a huge way for yeah, me he's a great great guy mm-hmm. and then coming to lead worship <gasps> from toronto is our dear friend laura woodley osman laura woodley osman yes possibly one of my favorite worship leaders possibly why possibly <laughs> possibly well, if only she'd well, sing like, more rock anthems only, that would push her the rock anthems <laughs> no she's amazing she's definitely one of my favorite worship leaders i i love um I love the stuff that she writes because it's so helps you connect quickly with the father. Um, she's amazing. She I'll, also sang us down the aisle at our she wedding. She did. She did. She uh, she did two of the three songs at our wedding, didn't she? Or were ones that she wrote? Mm-hmm. I just yeah, I'm so excited. 
So if you happen to be in Nashville, Franklin area, uh, the weekend of the 25th and 26th, come to Grace Center. It's a completely free event. We'd love you to come. Uh, it'd be awesome to for you to experience Mark and Laura's ministry. And it's Friday night, Saturday night, and uh, they'll be ministering Sunday morning and Monday night. Oh, they're ministering at Ammonite? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. I probably should know that, but then I've been you, on vacation for four should. weeks. Well, and you were away when I confirmed all these things. Oh, you know, you, while you're away in Toronto, I just make decisions. It's you amazing. Know, just making decisions, ladies. Well, thank you very much for listening to us <laughs> ramble for another half an hour again. If you have any questions you would like to send to us, please uh, visit alanandaj.com slash ask or uh, look us up on Twitter. I'm at Alan, A-L-Y-N, and you're at underscore Allison Jean. What? On what? Twitter? Yeah. No, I'm I'm underscore AJ Jones. Oh. Underscore AJ Jones. I'm going to resign from talking because clearly I have a clue what I'm talking about. On Twitter. I mostly take pictures of food and my children, though, so be warned. (laughs) I think that's all people do on Instagram. Well. Well, for people who don't have kids, they take photos of the things that are dearest to them. Usually selfies, right? You're suggesting, never mind, I'm not going there. I'm just kidding. All right. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.